You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. Let's get ready to jump into the Word. Let's get ready to jump into the Word. Why don't we do this? Why don't we just go before God before I pray and just kind of prepare just you I can't pray this over like I can't open up your ears and I can't make your heart receptive you get that right like I can't shake you and go be receptive open your ears I can't do that only you can do that so let's let me just give you a moment to just pray you go before him Come on, Pastor Chris, that's your job. It's your job to make me receptive. It's your job to make me know. Father, today I thank you. Father, today I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for the heart of repentance, the beauty of that, the beauty of people choosing to walk away from death and walk into life. And the beauty of it it is today, Father, is that in each and every situation, from each person, it is different. You are are dealing with each person in this room in a different area, but it's all calling us to life, and I thank you for it. Father, today, as we get over your word and we we begin to dig into some things, Father, I pray that, that that our hearts are receptive, that our ears are are open and that we would we would not we would not push back we would not just let this roll over us but we would be engaged we would be engaged father we honor you today speak to us today we're ready to hear from you in jesus name and everybody said amen well today is is do you know what today is anybody know like in in the on kind of in a religious calendar. I mean, it's probably on every calendar. Does anybody know? Say it out loud. Huh? Palm Sunday. Does anybody not know that? And it's, it's all right. If that's, if that's the first time you've heard that statement, Palm Sunday, basically, it's just what we declare and we call it is a, a, a day of celebration. Back in the Bible, and, and we're going to get there in just a second, we'll look at it, But back in then, there there was a day where Jesus made his, and it's even probably, if you look at your Bibles, if you look at your Bibles in this area, in fact, let's just go there. Let's just go there. Go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 1 through 10. You're going to see in that, and it's probably going to say something like triumphal entry. Is, there, is anybody's heading say that? I really will. Now, I love that heading. I get it. It's accurate. But I also wish it, it, it really could have been called the confused entry. Because they were celebrating and declaring and shouting and they were taking palms and cut branches off and laid them before Jesus' feet as he was walking in or, or being uh, rode in on a colt and, and all this sort of, like we know this story, right? And they're shouting, what are they shouting? Hosanna, Hosanna, right? And we don't even know what Hosanna means, but they're shouting it. And we say that all the time. We, we sing songs about Hosanna. And we're going to see that, they're, they're, that what they're talking about here and what they're shouting and declaring. I want you to see this. 
Because what I want to protect us from today and what I, I think the Word of God wants to protect us is, is there is a possibility that we could be celebrating Jesus coming. We could be celebrating Him and shouting and declaring Him, but yet not knowing Him or not even understanding why He has come. And if we do not have that established in us, then we will be no different, because I don't want to give away the ending on this, but we will be no different than the people that shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, oh, it's so great. This is a time of worship. And then literally six days later, they are yelling what? Crucify him. Is it possible that a people could worship and celebrate the entry of a Messiah, yet not know him. And when he doesn't live up to their expectations, turn around and say, I'm done with you. Is it possible? Well, it is, and that's what I want to protect us from today. So let's, let's dig through this. We see this in Mark chapter 11, and let's just jump down, because I want to kind of dig out some of the truths that, that, they're, that they're shouting. And I, I, want us, I want us to see us in this moment, okay? And, and Mark chapter 11 and verse 9, it, or let's just start in 8, it says, many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches. That's why they call it Palm Sunday. They, they had cut uh, in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed and shouted, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father who? David, Hosanna in the highest. Now, Look, can we just stop just for a moment? Because I, 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 I want you to see this. I told you we have some work to do today. This isn't, this isn't going to be just a rah-rah message and let's get excited and jump into Easter. This is, I need us to be protected. Because these people that are written about as Jesus is walking in, they are shouting, Hosanna, man, let, let David's kingdom be established. And as we read that, we just go, man, that sounds great, right? Like we want to say stuff like that. We're going to sing songs like that. But if, if we're not careful, we can be just like them because they didn't really know who this guy was. See, let's break this down just for a moment. The word Hosanna. Does anybody know what it means? I know what it means. Anybody? Huh? Say it again. Say it again real loud. Save us now. Hosanna. Sounds good, right? That'd be a good thing to say. The Messiah is coming. Everybody is shouting what? Save us now. The only problem is, is at the time, they're not talking about when we hear the words, save me, Lord, they're processing it through a different way. They have things in their heads of what they need to be saved from. See, back in the time when they're shouting, Hosanna, the Messiah is here. He's here. Save us. And when they say the words, let, let, your, let the house of David be established. Listen, that just sounds like, like if, we, if we just kind of glaze over that and not have like time and really engage in the fact that that means something to them. We'll just pass over those words. See, you have to understand, when they say establish the house of David, reestablish, like, like bring back that throne, you know what they were saying? They were saying, Lord, save me now. From what? 
well, from our oppressors at Rome. Save us now from that which is oppressing us, right? Change me. Take me from the loser and make me the winner. And then they talk about, oh, he's here to establish the throne of David. You know what that means to them when they say that? In the time of David, if you ever read, I, I challenge you to go back and read 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. You'll read the story of Saul and when David came in. And David, when you hear about the time of David, when David, when God established the throne of David, like, like it was a good time. Like it was prosperous. Yeah, it was, yeah, everything was happening well. And, and guess what? Enemies were fleeing from them. Like, like they were the winners. They were the head and not the tail, right? And so when these guys are seeing the Messiah come in, man, they're shouting. Yeah, save us now. Save us from that which oppresses us. Save us from, the, from this authority and, and, then re, and make us the authority. Let's go back to the good old days of when David ruled and we get to be on top. See, the problem is, is that's why it's a con very confused entry. We call it the triumphal entry, and yet Jesus through the whole time, in fact, and, I, and you could go there. I want you to show, show you something. I love this. I love this in Matthew, Matthew 21, starting in verse 9 through 11. I love this. Everybody is shouting. Everybody is declaring. Man, it's, it's, a, it's a party. The Messiah is here. Rome's going to fall. My enemies are going to be under my feet. And David's throne's going to be established. That's what's going to happen. And these people are screaming. And, and, and here's, the, here's the problem. And here's where I, I, I kind of see us. In verse 10, it says this. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the holy city was stirred. And they asked this question, who is this? <laughs> and the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Who is this? And all of their stirring and all their celebrating, they're screaming, save us and establish the throne. And Oh, by the way, who is this guy? Who is he? It is very possible for a church it is very possible to the people that are screaming for Messiah, save us, can also be the same people that say, but I don't really know what he's come to do. Because I'm seeing it through the perspective of my sight. I'm seeing it through the perspective of, you know what? Man, I want this Jesus thing. Uh, I want to become, I, I, I want to, I, you know what? Yeah, my old life is bad and, and, and I'm, got, I'm surrounded by enemies. How many of you ever heard that in church when people say, oh God, come against my enemies, right? My boss is mean. My landlord's mean, right? My wife is mean. She's not here, I can say that. And she's not mean, she's lovely. Right? But we look at these, oh, yes, Father, I want that Jesus thing. I'll worship you so that you can take me from the, from the loser and make me the winner. And that's our concept of it. Right? We love, we love quoting Deuteronomy where it says, oh, Lord, you're going to establish in me and make me the head and not the tail. By the way, will you please stop quoting that passage? Please? No, I'm going to tell you why. Because you haven't read it. Because the whole thing that God establishes in them all was predicated on the fact that they were obedient to him. 
Like he did all these things because he was obedient for their name's sake. And then, by the way, if you're not obedient, I dare you to read what happens to those that are not obedient. It's a bad day. I'll take the grace and mercy of God over that. But we love that. We love declaring, oh, you're going to make me great. You're going to give me favor. You're going to make me the head and not the tail. And I promise you that if we come at that angle of worshiping God as he is here to establish your kingdom, five days later when he finally presents himself and we see him for who he is, we will yell the same words, crucify him. Crucify him. Why? Because it doesn't fit our agenda. Wait a second. I thought you were here to make my best life now. I thought you were here to make this the best thing I could do. I was supposed to have everything I was supposed to have. You were supposed to complete me in all my dreams and all of my want-tos and establish me and give me favor. And then Jesus comes in and says, we need to talk. I haven't come here to establish your kingdom. I've come here to establish mine. I've come here to do something in you that you could not do for yourself. I've come here to pay a price that you cannot pay. I've not come here to establish your kingdom. I've come here to establish and secure your righteousness. And the problem is, is when we hear those kind of things, no wonder we see people later Wait a second, Rome ain't going to fall? Wait, wait, a, wait a second, I'm going to still have to pay taxes? Wait a second, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I want my land back, right? I got into this whole Jesus thing so, so that I could be the head and not the tail. I got into this whole Jesus thing so I would have more than enough, so that I could be abundant, so that my world would be established. And Jesus comes in and says, we need to talk. I need you to see me. I need you to not be like them on the streets that shouted, save me and establish your kingdom, yet you don't even know who I am. So I'm here today to just remind you of who he is and what he came to do because there's one thing I will never do to you. As your pastor, as your friend, I'm not ever going to lie to you. I'm never going to water the message of the gospel down to fit your needs and to make you the center of the Bible. I am here, my job is to protect you from walking unto death and walking unto life. You follow me on this? And so sometimes I have to stand up here and we don't need to be rah, 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 but I need to stand up here and say, I need you to not miss who we are shouting Hosanna to. So let's look at this. What did he come to do then? If he didn't come to make me the head and not the tail, if he didn't come to give me all of my dreams and make them come true, then what did he come to do? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. He came to do three things, and I'm sure I could make this into 20 things, but let's just make it three things. Is that fair? Can we do that? Are you with me today? Huh? Hold on, I can't hear you. Are you with me today? Good. Three things that he came to do that you need to have established before you start saying the words, Hosanna, save me. Before we start shouting and being excited on Easter, lifting our voices, 
know who stands before you. Because there were some things he came to do. The first thing that he came to do was simply this. He came to redefine our enemies. What do I mean by that? Go to Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 43. Come on. Come on. We're not playing around here. This is life or death stuff. This is, this is the difference between understanding who stands before me and getting confused and yelling crucify. Pastor Chris, I would never say crucify. No, you wouldn't. You would just walk away. You just walk away. Matthew chapter 5 says this. In verse 43, it says, You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I wish he could have just put a period there because I'm down with that. Right? I'm down with that. I'm good at that. Love my neighbor? Great. I love my neighbor, Mel. He's an awesome guy. I got great neighbors around me. They got nice lawns. They, I love them. And hate your enemy. Done. But Jesus said, I've come to do something different. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your Father in heaven. Guys, I need you to underline that because that's kind of a big deal. Those that are considered children of the Father have had what they would say as my enemies be redefined. In fact, I, I want to I just talk about that just for a moment. Can I ask a simple question? Does a true believer of Christ ever get to say that they have a true enemy? I don't know. I don't think it is. Because here's, let me, let, me just, let me just unravel this for a second. Because you're like, no, I got enemies everywhere. Do you? Because how Jesus defines them, he says, even though you call them enemy, I'm telling you to love them. I'm telling you to pray for them. I'm telling you to bless them. See, he came not to, to point out, yeah, this is the enemy, and this is your enemy, and that's your enemy, and you should hate them. No, he's saying all those people that you considered enemies, I'm redefining that. It's time for you to love them. But Father, they're a Republican. But Father, they're a Democrat. But Father, they've got a shirt with letters on it that I don't like. They must be our enemy. Those letters make me shake and, and, and convulse, and I don't know how to deal with them. They must be our enemy. Jesus said, I have not come to point out who your enemies are. I've come to tell you to love your enemies. I've come here to tell you to pray for them, to bless them. Well, okay, well, that, that's not fun. It's so much... It's such a, a better experience when I can stand self-righteously over those that obviously I am morally stronger and morally better than and say to them, look at you. Look at you. You should be like me. And yet Jesus looks at you and goes, I'm sorry, and who are you? Oh yeah, you're the one that I died for while you were still my enemy? While you still cussed my name? while you still hated me? Oh, that's right. You're the one that I hung on the cross for and took 
all of your sins away because you were broken and couldn't fix yourself? Oh, that's right. That's who you are. And now you have the audacity to stand in front of other people and say, they are your enemy? I didn't consider my, I died for them. And if you're my follower and you're my mouthpiece and you're, you have the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling them to me, then, then who's your enemy again? Oh, it's that guy in the White House. It's, it's that person over there. It's the person telling me to wear a mask. It's the person over there doing this. That's my enemy. I'm sorry, again, who are you? Is that what I came to do? To establish your kingdom? To establish you above other broken people? I'm sorry, you must be confused. You must be filtering me through the, through the old times of David. I didn't come here to do that. I came here to, to make sure that you understand where you stand with me and where others stand and your job before them. But Father, you don't know, this person hurt me. They, 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 did, they did evil things to me. They must be my enemy. They must be my enemy. No. No, they're a broken man and a broken woman just like you. And so what have I called you to do? Come on, Father. Come on, man. That's not fair. That's not what I want. That's not what I want. I, 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 I gave my life to you. I walked an aisle. I got baptized so that you could, so you could smite all of those people. And I don't even know what smiting is, but I want you to do it to them. I want you to take all those people that hurt me and give them what they deserve. Oh, you mean like how I gave you what you deserved? Oh, come on. You didn't have to bring that up. Are you following me on this? He came to redefine something. And if we are not careful, we will be shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, save me from all the wicked ones, all of my enemies, let them fall. And then when that doesn't happen and he calls you to love those people, to pray for those people, it will not fit your agenda and you will not, you might not declare crucify him. You'll just leave to go find something that will establish what you want to establish. Oh, it's quiet. I'm okay with that. What else did he come to redefine? He came to redefine our purpose. Wait a second, I thought our purpose was to be the head and not the tail and us always win and, and you're a winner and you're a winner and Crew's a winner and, and, and Mike's a winner and, and you're a winner, everybody. You're even a winner, Carter, and everybody's a winner today. That's what Jesus came to do, to make you a winner and give you a t-shirt that says, I got Jesus, I'm a winner. Mm. Came to redefine our purpose. Go to John chapter 13, starting in verse 12, it says this. When he had finished washing their feet, this is the last supper. When Jesus had finished washing their feet, he put on the clothes and he returned to his place and he said, do you understand? He's talking to the disciples. The, the creator of the universe is washing creation's feet. Get this picture. And he says, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. But now that I am your Lord and teacher, 
have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. Matthew 23, 11 says this, that the greatest among you will be your ruler, your king, the one that has somebody carry his Bible. That's who's going to be the greatest among you. No. It says the greatest among you will be your servant. See, he read, came to redefine our purpose. Lord, I thought you came to, to give me servants. I thought you came to establish my kingdom so my wife would finally do what I wanted her to do. Right? Still waiting on that one. God said, no, I've come to redefine your purpose. You think your purpose is to be served, and I've come to change that purpose so that you know it's time for you to be a servant. Guys, guys, I, I, I'm... I'm and, and I know we're sitting here and we're going, oh, that's not that big of a deal. Have you ever served somebody that you didn't think was worthy of you serving them? You ever worked retail? You ever worked customer service? You ever dealt with somebody that was so, that has got so ingrained in them that the customer is always right, which is the greatest lie ever told to the American consumer? You ever dealt with somebody like that? And, and because of your position, because of your name tag, because of your job, you have to smile and be nice to them and serve them even when they are crazy? Jesus is like, yeah, it's like 10 times that. You're gonna, I, I'm calling you to serve people that definitely don't deserve you to serve. Oh, and by the way, I'm also calling you to serve people that aren't going to be able to do anything back for you in return. Like it's not going to get you anywhere. Like you're not going to serve this customer and then get a promotion so you never have to deal with the clients again. No, I'm calling you to a life. I'm calling you to a life to dealing with the brokenness around you, with the people that are saying crazy things. Why? Because they got crazy things going on in their heart. they got crazy things going on in their mind. They're broken and they need a Savior. How many of you said stupid things how many of you had stupid ways of thinking prior to Christ? Some of us still have stupid ways of thinking that he's still working out of us. Anybody? Huh? Don't make me point fingers. I will. I've met you. I know who's sitting in this room. But God says, listen, I, I, I've come to redefine the purpose. I've called you not only to be, the, not to just to be the head, I've called you to be a servant, to serve those around you. Guys, that isn't easy especially when those around us don't deserve it. Last thing, and I'm going to leave you with this. He's come to redefine our victory. Let me say that again. He's come to redefine what we consider victory. See, when they were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us now, all they could see was victory equals them falling and me winning. Rome falls we rise, we win. That's how they defined what victory was. But Jesus says, I've come. Don't be confused, child. I've come to redefine that. It says this in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 7. It says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. 
for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Verse 10, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25 says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever wants to, whoever loses their life for me will find it. Guys, the one that we follow after has come to redefine what we consider what victory is. Does that make sense? And if we are not confused and we always see that the, if, we, if we have our filters out of whack and we're worshiping as if the end goal of the game that he is trying to establish is me sitting on my throne, sitting, finally, he's a, he, all the work that he's doing, everything he's working in me is for me to finally be sitting on my throne. If we have that filter, it is broken. This is not, we have to change our mindsets of what victory is. Victory biblically is, is loss. It's what others would look at and go, it's loss. But wait a second, I had so much, I consider it garbage. If that was my greatest wins and my greatest trophies and my greatest victories, they are all garbage in comparison to having Christ. Guys, we have to redefine what our victories look like. I just want you. Remember we sang that earlier? I just want you. God, let every other victory that, God, I don't care if I win. I don't care if people look at me and say, man, you used to be this and that, but I have you. I just want you. Because that's my victory. That's my victory. Father, I no longer see those around me as enemies. Father, I see them like you saw me. Father, I, I, I no longer see that my purpose is driving me forward to establish my kingdom, that my purpose is to serve. And Father, let me see, let me see so very clearly that my victory is losing it all to gain you. Guys, if we do not have this established of who is standing in front of you, then we will shout and lift our hands to the rafters. We will shout and sing worship and praise. And then when he finally stands before us in true form and he looks at us and goes, but this is who I am. If we are not ready for that, if we do not know and establish who he is, and it's just possible that we might find bubbling out our mouths, crucify him, because it doesn't fit our agenda. Do you hear me today? I'm just trying to protect our hearts. Man, I want to go into this week, and not that this week is a magical week. It's just another week where we get to worship him. Nothing magical happens this week. 
it's just another week where we get to, we get to worship. And when we say the words, Hosanna, save me, that we're, we understand what we're saying. Save me from me. <laughs> save me from my flesh, my way of thinking. Not my enemies. Father, save them. Use me. Establish your kingdom for your name's sake in me, through me. Let it be so. Man, I want us to come into Easter next week. I want us to gather as a family next week with maybe, 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 maybe not, I'm not going to say for the first time, but maybe just with such a clear picture of who we're worshiping that we can kind of work some of this stuff out over the week, that we can repent of things that we need to repent of, can re, re, redefine, make sure that we're on the same page so that we can come and stand before and declare his goodness from the right position and not be confused. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you today. Father, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is leading us from death and pointing us to life. Father, you said you'd send one after to point to all things and remind us of all things that you spoke. So Father, today as we got over those things, let them rest on us like a wet blanket. Let us not be able to get away from them. Let us make sure that we know the person of Jesus who stands before us so that we can actually worship in truth who he is and what he is to us. I thank you for today. Be honored. Deal with us this week. Let repentance come. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.